Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Should Burry. Hey, girlfriends, this is Shook Burry, and I am the host of Him for Radio Women's Hot Topics. We got a hot topic today. It impacts women of all ages, generations of all ages, um, and it's called How Not to Fall in Love with a Jerk. Yep, you heard me right. How Not to Fall in Love with a Jerk. And we have Dr. John Van Epp with us as well. Thank you again for coming back for this part two episode of this dynamic show. Thank you, John. Oh, you're very welcome, Chuck. It's a lot of fun to be here. And um, we're going to take this kind of from the beginning of meeting somebody, forming a relationship, all the way to, um, let's say you get married. How do you, you know, because you have listeners that are already married and they're like, hey, wait a minute, it's too late for me. But how do you maintain closeness in their relationship? The same model we use for building a new relationship We'll talk about how to apply that, re- that same model, and we'll explain what the model is, but we'll explain it on how to maintain a relationship over the, uh, the good and the bad of life, because Amen. life just has a lot of ups and downs, doesn't it? Now, the first time I heard you was, um, I, I belonged to Westwood Community Church, westwoodcc.org. Pastor Joel Johnson was talking about this. I heard you when you sh- stood up and shared about this. You guys, this is a great book. Um, for all ages, for all generations, people need to pick it up. But what I, you might not know is that he also wrote another book called Becoming Better Together. And that really focuses on the marriage end of it. How to f- avoid falling in love with a jerk. Well, if you're already married, you need to pick up the Become Better Together That's because right. it might be a little bit too late. I kind of like that order of it. Um, but I want you guys to know that he has been recognized in Christianity Today as the number one book uh, for singles that was, as well as I want you to go to his websites that are available. Can you share those with us again, please? I can very quickly. So there are three sites. Um, if you are interested in teaching courses and you have the love for that, or you maybe have opportunity to do that, um, we have lots of relationship courses. And on Love Thinks, uh, Shug, that's not Love Stinks, by nope. the way. <laughs> it's lovethinks.com. Uh, it's really kind of our company website where we have all of the research that's been published on our courses because they're evidence-based, uh, has descriptions of the courses, how they um, actually get the certification uh, to be able to teach the courses with workbooks. That's one website. A second website is the end user. It's kind of the, the uh, you want to learn a course and you want to see our blog. So it's my love thinks. Mm-hmm. .com. And um, that's a website that has a lot of practical material. It has online courses. So we created online versions of all those courses that I just mentioned. And you can just at home, you know, pay a, pay a fee, buy a course and watch it either on your own or with a partner. And so that's at my love things. And there's a lot of free materials there. There's also an Instagram my love thinks, and um, you had Dr. Morgan on, and she's just a phenomenal Instagrammer and gives just really, really great materials. And then the third site is really for church leadership. So anybody that's involved in a church and wants to know how to take this material into their church, um, we created user-friendly content along with sermons for a six-week total church-wide series where mm-hmm. everybody from the five-year-olds all the way up 
have video-based content, pastors preaching through this relationship attachment model that we're going to talk about today. And, um, and everybody's having it in adult small group studies and they're in the, like I mentioned, the youth, the middle school, on and on. And what's really cool is that this material, this model can really speak to any and every relationship, including our relationship with God. So usually, if you think about it, in churches, there is a um, marriage series or maybe a series on family or parenting, but you can address all relationships in this one series with this one model. And that's ramseries.com, R-A-M, and then the word series, S-E-R-I-E-S.com. And if, if friends, if you go back to part one, you can hear a recap of some of these things as well as get to meet his daughter, Dr. Morgan. And she shared a lot about millennials and what she sees in her generation as well. But let's dig into it. Okay, so part of the relationships that you talk about, there's a model that you can co- follow called RAM. What does that mean and what is it all about? Yeah, this goes all the way back, actually, to my um, working on my doctorate back in the 1980s. So that really dates me there, doesn't it? Anyway, um, I, I just was really kind of confounded by how little understanding there was of the details of what a relationship actually is. So we had a lot on communication. We had a lot on conflict management or resolution, right? So we had a lot mm-hmm. of things on things that happen in relationships. But what exactly is the relationship? And what I found is there was just kind of this belief that relationships, if they're good, they just run themselves. So if you meet somebody and you're falling in love, it just kind of like, it just has its own momentum. It just has its own kind of like engine and it runs itself. And so people are like passengers on the vehicle of the relationship. And that did not make sense to me because anybody in business goes to management classes of how to manage people and keep the relationship with those they're managing strong. And in customer service, how to build good customer relationships. And it was actually managing that relationship. And in the military, you know, I just leaders have to manage the relationship with those under them on and on and on. And I was like, in every other sphere, we're taught manage the relationship. But when it comes to love, there is almost this contrary message that you don't have to do anything because love just is the engine that runs it. You know, I, found, I, I, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, I really found that that set people up from the very beginning of a relationship to long-term relationships that it, they had major, major problems in the beginning they had very poor choices. A lot of them got involved in relationships that later backfired and really disappointed and, and hurt them deeply, wounded them. Other people in long-term relationships had what I call slow leaks, areas of their relationship that were leaking closeness. They weren't running it. And over time, those slow leaks led to really big blowouts. And mm-hmm. so in both the beginning and the maintenance you know, areas, not having a plan a way of understanding how do I actually step into running this relationship intentionally, managing it, that really um, put people at a disadvantage. 
Yeah, it does. And when you read your book, you can see that the systematic approach really makes sense, friends. Uh, Make sure you buy it for yourself, for your family, for your kids. Read it. Share it. I love that young man that in church who said he was going to read it to his mother. Uh, I remember jogging with my daughter one day when she was still young and and I, we talked about marriage and I said, you know, marriage is the greatest thing on earth and it's one of the hardest things on earth. You got to work at it. You can't just let it run. So I, I appreciate that you shared that as well. What are some of the five dynamics of that RAM model? Yeah, so that's exactly what I did is I, I really looked both scripturally um, because if you think even, you know, just to bring this to your relationship with God, that doesn't run itself either. I mean, if you get lazy in your relationship with God and you don't mm-hmm. invest anything, if you're not working or running it, you begin to, you know, backslide. You begin to, um, you know, lose your first love, right? So uh, all relationships, even our relationship with God has to have this intentional management. So I dug into the scriptures and I also really dug into major categories in the social sciences about what creates a bond or a connection because a relationship by definition is the connection between you and another person. So I just asked the question, okay, if it's a connection, what are the specific connections or bonds that comprise all relationships? And I came up with, there really are five universal bonds that exist in all relationships. So I'll tell you them and I want people to kind of use their imagination. So uh, I have a visual and it's actually an interactive visual. So I, for some of you, you're old enough to remember when you were maybe growing up that you had a graphic equalizer on your little stereo or on your, you know, whatever you use to, to listen to your tunes. And you're all excited about it because you had all these sliders that went up and down. And if you're not um, identifying with the, the quote graphic equalizer, think about just um, maybe in a recording studio where you have a mixing board, right? So imagine this board and there are five sliders that go up and down. Um, For those of you who are um, actually able to see this in a video, uh, I have an example of it behind me. So um, starting from the left, if you're not seeing this, I want you to use your imagination. So starting on the left, it's how much you know somebody. So there's a slider that represents um, when it's all the way down at the bottom, I don't know much at all about this person. And then as it moves up, it's more and more of what you know about this other person. Different than no, the second slider that goes up and down is how much you trust this person. So um, obviously, this is your confidence in what you know about them. So what you know might be more factual. Trust is more how you kind of put it together in a belief about them. I believe, based on what I know, Maybe it's a little bit, maybe it's a lot, but based on whatever I know, I have kind of come up with a belief about this person that gives me either a lot of confidence or a little bit of confidence, security, feeling of safety. I can be myself. I can be vulnerable. That's, it's a belief system I have about this person based on what I know. The third slider is more action-oriented. It's rely. It's how I take and, and actually step into doing something for this person or, you know, want them to do something for me. Think of reliance like how we meet each other's needs, you know, um, emotionally, how do I meet their needs? Um, companionship, friendship, uh, romantic needs, whatever their need might be. How am I stepping in to do something that meets their need and they meet my needs? So this interdependence is rely. So just to review, no was the first one, trust the second, 
Third is rely. The fourth slider that goes up and down is commit. How much investment, how much commitment am I putting into this relationship? How important is it? It's almost like this is the measure of how much of a priority this is to me. And of course, there's a heart commitment. And then there's a practical, very kind of like day-to-day investment. So I can say in my heart, I'm fully committed to my wife but I'm not paying any attention to her. So, you know, there's kind of that. Hey, you better work on that, Dr. John. That's right. So I'm trying to, you know, that was uh, an example, not a reality, but I'm just saying, um, you know, these things uh, do have somewhat of a, you know, an internal as well as an externalizing um, of each of these five bonds. So sure. no trust, rely, commit. And then the last one is touch. So if it's a parent child relationship, um, there is a lot of affectionate touch. It could be playful touch. I have a uh, two grandsons that like to, one of them loves to always battle. He, you know, as soon as I see him, it's you better protect yourself because he's coming at you. He's a five-year-old grandson and he just wants to, he wants to wrestle. And, um, and then I have a granddaughter that, you know, she has a different way of engaging in affectionate, loving touch. And, um, and then, you know, friendships and, and people that are struggling, you can be comforting in your touch, right? Touch is extremely bonding. If it's a romantic relationship, obviously, then there starts to become a sexual aspect to touch. And so um, touch has a very broad understanding from the non-sexual all the way to the sexual. So here it goes. If you can imagine um, this kind of uh, equalizer or this mixing board with five sliders going up and down, how much you know somebody, how much you trust them, how much you rely on them, how much you committed to them, um, uh, and how much you engage in any kind of meaningful touch with them. Um, obviously, you can start to profile what is going on in your relationship and what you're contributing and maybe what you feel they're contributing. Like, I trust them a lot, but they don't trust me at all. Or um, I, re- you know, um, they rely on me a lot, but I can't rely on them. So it, it starts to get a little more, in, you know, involved when you start talking about how to apply this. And it also gets shug, it gets very involved when you talk about applying it to building a new, like a dating relationship. And what is some real key points of how to understand how to build a safe dating relationship versus hey, I'm in a 20-year marriage. How do I maintain these five areas over the long haul of my relationship? So we can apply it to both areas if we want. In your book, I like the fact that you said that, that it's, you know, in a dating relationship, it would be detrimental to follow the steps in your married relationship. Can you explain what you meant by that? Sure. So um, in a dating relationship, and for those who do have visual... Get on um, YouTube, people, YouTube. Yeah, the, the YouTube people, um, they'll be able to see this, but I'll try to describe it so that everybody can use their imagination. Just imagine in your mind that um, that board, that uh, relationship attachment board, um, and uh, all the levels are at the very bottom because you just meet somebody. And let's say it's a, a, a person that you're attracted to. You're, you're going to you know, move into a dating relationship with this person. So the no is starting to go up a little bit. You say, how does that go up? Well, we call it the three T's. So, Shug, um, how do you get to know? This is like the process of getting to know somebody. So, you know, what's involved? Well, you got to talk, right? But um, talking is not enough. So, there's lots of ways to talk and a lot of conversations you need to have. 
And in the How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk, we actually have five chapters on five major areas to talk about and explore. And we actually have 20 questions for each of the five areas. So you get the book, you'll get over 100 questions to, to really kind of be conversation starters about five really most important key areas to be able to discern the heart, the character, and the relationship potential of a prospective partner. And I would call them windows that you can look through to get to know somebody, but they're also mirrors to look at yourself and say, mm-hmm. you know, what's my character? What's my heart? Uh, what's my relationship potential? You, talked, but about that. you be- talked about the importance of being healthy, looking inwardly. Are you healthy yourself before you can be in a healthy relationship? And that was an excellent point. It is, you know, and um, it's almost like in my model, it's like a drop down box under no. Here are the areas to know about yourself and to explore in a relationship with somebody else. But if knowing is going up a little bit, in a lot of dating relationships, this is exactly what happens. As you get to know the person a little bit, and if it's really positive, and especially if, if you like how they look and you feel this chemistry, right? And I don't know exactly how to explain chemistry. It's just like that spark. It's like that energy. It's like this something that is electric that's happening between you and them. And of course, it has something to do with like a sexual attraction too, but it can be just how you're clicking. But if that's all happening, maybe you only know them for six weeks or six days, but your trust goes way, way up. So the no is only one or two notches up technically, but you have filled in the gaps of what you don't know with all kinds of assumptions about this person. You projected onto them a lot of goodwill, a lot of good belief and trust. And that makes you feel really secure actually with somebody you don't know very well. There are a ton of people that as soon as they see that, the no low, the trust high, all kinds of things come to mind and they're like, man, I have never been able to conceptualize what happens between me and a dating partner until now. And then I take touch and I move that all the way up because I know in the Christian world, we're like, we should have boundaries. But there are so many people that just kind of give in to that feeling of trust and safety. They don't practice good boundaries. And all of a sudden, the bonds of their heart through touch, through trust, or maybe they're needy, you know, they've had some hurts and wounds and they've just really accelerated that rely, uh, or they've thrown themselves into the relationship. But when the bonds of some of these levels are higher on the right-hand side than on the left, so anything to the right that is higher than something to the left, it creates a bond of your heart that ultimately begins to override the judgment of your mind. I'm trusting somebody that ultimately is going to color the way I see them And I'm not going to really see some of the warning signs about that person. I'm going to minimize them. I'm going to rationalize them. Why? Because, I mean, it's scriptural. Mm -hmm. Love covers a multitude of sins. So in, in a new relationship, you want to keep bonds, the bonds of love in the right perspective, in the right cadence. So you want your, your knowing to tell you the ceiling of what you can trust. And what you know and trust should set the ceiling of rely and commitment. And you should bring touchdown to be, you know, with boundaries so that the bonds of your heart don't ultimately override 
kind of like that ability to really get to know the person accurately. I think that's been a big hurdle for people, especially in this hookup generation, the touch. You know, they go on a date, I trust you, you know, I can see the first two happening. I know and now I trust and boom, all of a sudden they're in bed together and and the touch has, it has been elevated, but the other places haven't. And I love in your book how you talk about, even with statistics, um, you know, uh, co- uh, you know, people living together. Cohabitation. Uh, ver- yeah, yeah, thank you. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> I know, you know I people, get stuck too. People living together versus not living together. Those that have been married, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's statistics, whether they had lived together beforehand or not. But I think it's really important to take every single item that you had mentioned and you break it apart and you give illustrations in such a fabulous way. Um, how does that then, the talk, the togetherness, the time, tie in with what you're talking about on the RAM model for married couples? Yeah, so there's a really a different application once you're in a long-term relationship and these levels have already kind of moved up to the top. So uh, we'll just assume that they've moved up. So you've been in a relationship for, um, we'll say, for a, a number of years. So I've been your relationship- 46 years with my man. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. It's that's, gone uh, up and down on that little scale. <laughs> well, you and your husband are heroes uh, because you are really the heroes, the champions of, of marriage. And um, so that's wonderful. But you I, still got to work at it. That's exactly right. So we mm-hmm. say that all the time, but this model gives kind of the marching orders, almost like the job description of what it means to work at it. So um, let me just give you a couple applications, Shug. So the first application, if I move all these levels to the top, life, number one, life is going to drain each of these levels. And it's not just the bad things of life. It's the good things in life. You know, you travel, uh, you, you, you work, your husband is involved. And I, I don't know a lot about what he's doing, but I'm sure your lives go in separate directions a lot of times, just like a lot of other married couples. And all of a sudden, um, the no drops down because you haven't had the time to maybe sit down and catch up and talk through some things. Or you've had a, you know, a series of misunderstandings that happens in relationships. And the attitude toward your partner starts to also focus a little more on their negatives than their positives. You know, you start bringing to the forefront those little irritants. We, we all have a, you know, a kind of a, a tendency to do that, you know, a bent on like over-focusing and ruminating about something that bugs us, those pet peeves, and our trust in them actually starts going down, kind of like our trust, our positive trust starts getting more negative, Um, or we haven't had a good time sexually, so maybe our touch is dropping down. The point is, life is going to, um, I call it deflate. Life just creates little leaks. For a lot of married couples, because they believe, like we talked about in the beginning, that, you know, my relationship's a good relationship. I love my spouse. They love me. Just runs itself. So um, all of a sudden, they don't have any way of identifying their slow leaks. Slow leaks, I said, can lead to a big blowout. So this might be normal to have this drop down. It might be normal for, you know, three to five months, but after three to five years or 13 to 15 years, this, this deflated kind of out of balanced relationship is what really leads couples to disasters where slow leaks lead to big blowouts. So we teach couples in Becoming Better Together, that book for married couples, how to be intentional about these five areas and regularly sit down together and have a plan. We call it a huddle. It's like a, a meeting 
couple meeting, couple check-in to really just have a very simple format to identify what's dropped, bring it back up and strengthen the bonds of their relationship. You know, I just love what you guys are doing, uh, doctor. I really appreciate your time coming on. I read the book. You guys, I got like 10 pages of notes. I've got so many questions, but I love that the book talks about all different areas. Um, and, and also, I can't wait to dig in even deeper with your other book on marriage. So thank you so much for coming on, spending time with us. Our friends know where to find you now. And please follow along at westwoodcc.org. You guys, they're doing it. Pastor Jill Johnson is doing it step by step, tearing it apart, building all of us up. And I can't wait to see what God does in and through uh, the things that we have learned. Thank you very much, Dr. Van Epp, for coming on. Thank you, Shug. It's been wonderful being with you. Would you please come back again? We'll let you know how things go. Anytime you want. You just let me know. I'll be back. Thank you. Friends, if you don't know, my name is Shugbury, him for her radio, Women's Hot Topics. You know I love you. Over and out. Hey, ladies, this is Shugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they receive Christ in their life. This is Shug Burry. You know I love you. Over and out.